Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Continuing with our new series wherein we started last week to speak about Islamic morals, Islamic manners. And we're going to be, as we mentioned, going through virtues and mannerisms and etiquettes in order for us to beautify ourselves and therefore to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to be a better Muslim better Muslimer so that we can function better in a Muslim society or in a Muslim household and to make the lives of those that are around us more positive and more beneficial inshallah so just before we start I'd like somebody to remind me of something that we mentioned last week pertaining to the virtues of studying good manners and good characteristics etc so what are one of the many virtues that we mentioned last week if somebody can mention something no problem. Okay, I'll mention something. The Prophet ﷺ, as we remember, he said in the hadith, The Prophet ﷺ said, Verily, I've only been sent to perfect good morals and good characteristics. So that shows us the importance of learning about good manners and good characteristics in Islam because the Prophet ﷺ is saying in the hadith that this is one of his main objectives of his mission is to perfect good morals and good characteristics. So it's imperative that we learn about them, it's imperative that we think deeply about them so that we can internalize them and then try to enact upon them as much as we can. Because the more we perfect our character, the more we come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the more beloved we are to Him. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be in this dunya living upon the best of ways which is Islam in accordance to what the Prophet came with and the Prophet was one who had great amazing character and we need to try to emulate that as much as we can. So anyway what we're taking today is known as Al-Ihsan. Al-Ihsan. What we're taking is Al-Ihsan. So the meaning of Ihsan Lughatan linguistically Al-Ihsan Ihsan is the opposite to Isa'ati. Ihsan is the opposite to Isa'ati. Isa'a Isa'a is wrongdoing, evil, and everything which is bad. That is Isa'a. Wrongdoing, injustice, evil, these kind of meanings. So Ihsan, what we're studying today, is a complete opposite to that. Okay? So its meaning, its technical meaning is as follows. Ma'na is Al-Ihsan istilahan. So the technical meaning of what we're studying today, Ihsan, after having just looked at the linguistic meaning quickly, it has two categories that it falls into technically in the Sharia. First of them, first of them is this Ihsan fi ibadatil khaliq, is Ihsan pertaining to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like it came in the hadith of Jibreel, when the Prophet was asked, Mal Ihsan, O Muhammad tell me about what is Ihsan. He said, his ihsan is that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as though you are witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if it's the case and it's the reality that you cannot witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your eyes, then know for sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you and observing you and all knowing of what you are doing. So that is ihsan when it comes to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you worship him to the extent subhanahu wa ta'ala as though you are cognizant of him, you are aware of him in each place and each time. To the extent as though you see him everywhere subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now be careful with my words. There's no way you can see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, in this life. 
However, you can see his signs. You can be reminded with his dhikr. You see his Quran. So what it means is that you are fully aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in each state that you are in, in each action that you are undertaking, in each word that you are saying. You are thinking and aware. Is this pleasing to Allah? Is this displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You have awareness of Allah's creation, his majesty, his majestic things that he has created. You have awareness of the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ihsan with regards to the worship of Allah is that you worship Allah to an extent that you see him, the spiritual seeing of Allah Azawajal, not with the eyes, not with the physical eyes, because that is going to be in the hereafter. And it also has the meaning pertaining to Allah, that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala biljid fi qiyamin ta'ala. So you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with as much effort as you possibly can when it comes to fulfilling the obligations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put upon you with sincerity and you want to do the actions in the most perfect of ways. So all of these meanings are from within the meanings of the word Ihsan, the topic that we are taking today, pertaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we can summarize it that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as though you see him and you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the best of your ability, exerting the maximum effort that you can in every act of worship regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this requires you to have muraqaba of Allah azawajal, knowing that Allah is always there, knowing that Allah deserves to be loved and worshipped in the highest and most complete of manners and uh, meanings of that sort, and knowing that Allah is all watching and all knowing. When a person tries hard to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they exert their efforts, their ihsan with regards to Allah azawajal will increase, meaning that their awareness and their heart and soul being filled with the awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase. As mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet in Bukhari, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it's a hadith al-Qudsi, the Prophet said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, man Whoever harms a wali of mine, a wali is a close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? فَقَدْ آذَنْتُهُ بِالْحَرْبِ Did not have declared war upon this person that is harming this close friend of mine, this close wali of mine. May Allah make us from them. Then the Prophet ﷺ said in this hadith, وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا افْتَرَدْتُ عَلَيْهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that my slave, my servant doesn't come close to me except with those things which I have made obligatory upon them. So the more you fulfill the obligations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a perfect way, in the way that is the best of your ability, the closer you come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hadith continued and it said, وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِ يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ And my slave continues to do acts of worship which are above and beyond the obligatory acts of worship. He or she does the supererogatory acts of worship, the nafil acts of worship, the sunnah acts of worship. And they continue to come close to me through those acts of worship, the extra acts of worship. حَتَّى until, until he said, until I love this person, Allah says, And then when I love this person, I become his or her hearing by which they hear with. And the sight by which this person sees. And, it's, and the person's hand by which they touch and they move their hands. And the feet by which they walk. And then if this person, having reached this stage of worship, was to ask me something, I would give that person whatever they wanted. And if they were to seek refuge in me, 
I will protect them from that which they were seeking refuge from. So the hadith it started by saying that we should worship Allah with the obligatory actions to the best of our ability. And then you continue doing the sunnah and the nawafil, the extra actions, until you come to a state that Allah loves you. And if Allah loves you, He becomes the, the hearing by which you hear, meaning that you are only going to hear those things which are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the sight by which you see, you'll only see those things which are pleasing to Allah And the hand by which your hands move, meaning your hands will only move to that which is pleasing to Allah And the feet by which you walk, your feet will only take you to places wherein you are pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because you've reached a state of worship, a state of awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you are truly connected to Allah and He is the most that you think about in your life. He is the thing that you always think about before doing an action, before saying a statement, before making even a move. So Allah is always on your mind, in your thoughts, in your actions, etc, etc. So you reach a very high level of ihsan pertaining to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what we should always aim for. So that was the first of the definition of the word ihsan pertaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And then there's a second part of this word Ihsan, which is pertaining to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, pertaining to the rest of mankind and his animals, etc. Ihsan pertaining to the rights of the creation. And that is to give from yourself any benefit that you can give to any of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, first and foremost being your parents and then your family and the believers and then the rest of mankind in general and anything else which is living with us on the earth. The Muslim, the believer, al-mu'min, wal-mu'mina, they try their best to spread good wherever they are, whether it's good to their neighbors, good to their parents, good to their children, good to their work colleagues, good to the person on the street, good to the animals wherever they see them. They're always aware that this creation belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for me to actualize ihsan, I have to do good to them as much as I can. So this is something which at times is obligatory pertaining to who you are doing ihsan to, like the parents and the neighbors, it's obligatory, and the relatives, it's obligatory, and then it's mustahab, it's recommended above and beyond that to be good to whoever you come into contact with, right? And to leave them with a good positive interaction of yourself. At-targhibu fil ihsan, the recommendations of the Quran and Sunnah for us to have ihsan. Awwalan fil Quran al-Kareem, first and foremost in the glorious Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Nahl, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِتَائِدِ الْقُرْبَى That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He commands that we give justice and ihsan, this goodness, all types of goodness, وَإِتَائِدِ الْقُرْبَى And we give to the relatives, the close relatives, وَيَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغِي And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids us from falling into frivolous deeds, to deeds of evil nature and evil in general and transgressions Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us and warns us in the hope that we may take a remembrance so the verse is saying that Allah is commanding us to be just and to give ihsan to our relatives and to those who are close to us Imam Sa'di in his tafsir he said al-ihsan fadilatul mustahabun ihsan is a virtue that is highly recommended and that is like benefiting people whether it's through your money or whether it's through your body itself that you use your body to help other people or you spread knowledge that will help other people 
وغير ذلك من أنواع النفع حتى إنه يدخل في الأحسان إلى الحيوان البهيم المعكول وغيره Even the Ihsan will extend to treating not only people but also treating the Baha'im treating the animals which are on the earth That's how the Muslim has to be The Muslim has to be careful how they interact with the creation in general and in specific So also the animals have to be treated carefully Look in the hadith of Abi Dawood the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the best of examples for Ihsan دَخَلَ حَائِتًا لِرَجُلٍ مِنَ الْأَنصَارِ The Prophet ﷺ entered upon a garden from one of the people that belonged to the tribe of the Ansar. فَإِذَا جَمْنٌ فَلَمَّا رَأَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ So as he entered, the Prophet ﷺ saw a camel. And the camel, when it saw the Prophet ﷺ, حَنَّ وَذَرَفَتْ عَيْنَاهُ The camel, it came to the Prophet ﷺ in a way of crying, in a way of groaning, of sadness. And its eyes started to cry when it saw the Prophet فَأَتَاهُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَمَسَحَ ذِفْرَاهُ So the Prophet ﷺ came to this camel, he didn't ignore it, being the busy statesman that he was, being the busy leader that he was, being the Prophet that had to guide the whole of humanity to mankind, so busy, every second of his life was filled with struggles and striving, but he didn't ignore the camel. He saw that the camel was in need, so he came to the camel and he wiped the camel near its ears on its head. فَسَكَتَ And then the camel calmed down and it became quiet. فَقَالَ مَنْ رَبُّ حَادِ الْجَمَلِ The Prophet ﷺ said, Who is the owner of this camel? لِمَنْ حَادِ الْجَمَلِ To who does it belong? فَجَاءَ فَتَّمْ مِنَ الْأَنصَارِ Then a person, a youth, came from the Ansar. فَقَالَ لِي يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ It belongs to me, O Messenger of Allah. فَقَالَ أَفَلَا تَتَّقِ اللَّهَ فِي حَادِ الْبَحِيمَةِ الَّتِي مَلَكَكَ اللَّهُ إِيَّاهَا Won't you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in regards to your interaction with this animal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you ownership over فَإِنَّهُ شَكَ إِلَيَّ For verily this animal, this camel, complained to me أَنَّكَ تُجِيْءُهُ وَتُدْئِبُهُ That verily you cause it to be hungry and leave it without being fed for long periods of time and you overwork it. So the Prophet ﷺ gave us the clearest and the brightest and the most magnificent of examples of how to interact with human beings and even how to interact with animals. See how the Prophet ﷺ, though he's super busy, though he has so many huge and important matters on his, on his mind, but he didn't miss out the opportunity of dealing with this camel in the best of manners possible. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Excuse me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ when we took the covenant from the tribes of Israel that they should not worship, that you do not worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And that you do ihsan to your parents. وَذِلْقُرْبَ And to your relatives. وَالْيَتَامَ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ And to the orphans and to the poor. وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ حُسْنَ And you say to the people that which is good. طيب Meaning, أَيْ أَحْسِنُوا بِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Mean always be good to your parents with ihsan. Striving to do as much good as you can for your parents. May Allah allow us to do that. It's a very difficult thing to be good to your parents who when they become old at times they can be very difficult to deal with. But the rewards for being dutiful to your parents are immense. So we should strive to have ihsan towards our parents. And this encompasses every type of ihsan, whether it be ihsan of, of, of our limbs or whether it be ihsan of our speech. مِمَّا هُوَ إِحْسَانِ إِلَيْهِمْ وَفِيهِ النَّحْيُ عَنِ الْإِسَاءَةِ إِلَى الْوَالِدَيْنِ And in the verse that we just mentioned, there is a command that you shouldn't do wrong to your parents. So here's a question for you. 
that wasn't explicitly mentioned in the in the verse sahawa the ulama saying that from the verse that we just took there is an evidence that we shouldn't do wrong to our parents would anybody like to answer so in the verse we were just taking where it said basically do good to your parents give ihsan to your parents and also to your relatives so in this verse, the ulama say that there is a there is a command that you shouldn't do bad to your parents. But I'm saying to you, we didn't read this in the verse. It didn't say don't do bad to your parents. Rather, it said do good to your parents. So where do we take from this verse that you should not do bad to your parents? How can we understand what the ulama is saying? The command, yeah. So the command is to do good, but where is it saying that you shouldn't do bad? It's just a logical thing because they say that a command to do something also has the command within it not to do the opposite of that. So if we're commanded to do good to our parents, then obviously we're commanded not to do bad to our parents. Just keeping us interactive, inshallah. And then, the, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after telling us that we should do ihsan to our parents and to our relatives, then Allah also tells us that we have to do ihsan to the rest of the creation. husna, And say to the people husna, that which is from ihsan. Say to them speech which is full of ihsan. Do good actions in terms of your speech towards them. Tayyib. And your speech should be full of positivity. Your speech should make people happy. You should be smiling when you speak to them, etc, etc, etc. So the amazing thing about this verse is that not everybody has money to spend on other people whereby they can take care of them by doing good through their money not everybody has the strength of body to take care of other people whereby they can use their body the strength of their body to help other people carry their shopping etc to build their houses for them etc not everybody has that but everybody and not everybody has time to help other people because they're so busy maybe but everybody has the ability to say a good word. Anybody that you interact with, you have the ability to say a good word to them that can change their lives, that can give them positivity, that can give them happiness, that can melt their hearts. If you took enough time and enough empathy to understand where the person is coming from, you can say a good word and you can melt the hearts of the believers that you are interacting with, rather than harming them, rather than pushing them away, rather than making them feel some kind of pain after having interacted with you. Always make sure that you have ihsan, not only in your actions, or in your wealth, or in your body, but especially in your tongue. Because verily, this can bring you amazing matters. Look in the hadith in Bukhari. The Prophet ﷺ said, the hadith of Abu Hurairah anhu. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ لَيَتَّكَلَّمُوا بِكَلِمَةٍ مِنْ رِضْوَانِ اللَّهِ لَا يُلْقِي لَهَا بَالِ يَرْفَعُهُ اللَّهُ بِهَا دَرَجَاتٍ the Prophet said that verily a slave of Allah speaks a word and he or she doesn't pay much attention to that word that is coming out of their mouth. However, this word is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and due to it, Allah raises this person high ranks in Jannah and in this dunya. And also on the opposite spectrum, a person, a slave of Allah, can say a word not paying much attention to it However, this word can throw them deep into the hellfire due to how it anchored Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our words have huge consequences, not only in terms of the rewards that they bring for us or the punishment that they bring, but rather the effect that it can have on a person. As I said to you, 
Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimun min lisanihi wal yadihi. The Prophet said that the true believer, a believer, a Muslim, is the one that keeps other people safe from the harm of his tongue and his hand. So whenever we interact with people, it has to be with ihsan. We have to ensure that we are leaving them in a positive way. And if we disturb them, if we upset them, we should rush to them quickly to try to rectify it as quick as possible. طيب, why do ihsan to others? Obviously, we've looked at some verses and some ahadith, but more information. Why do ihsan to others? Why interact in a way of ihsan? In the hadith in Sahih Muslim, the Prophet said, it's a long hadith, but the part of the hadith that we'll choose, the Prophet said, Wallahu fi al-abd ma dam al-abdu fi akhi. Allah is in the service and in the help and in the aid of a servant as long as that servant is helping and aiding other slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wow. Every time you are aiding somebody else, it's coming back to you because Allah is going to aid you in like. Subhanallah. So we should, in fact, we should be going out of our doors searching for people that we can give ihsan to, looking for people that we can help. Why? Because well, we want the ihsan to come back to us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need Allah's help more than we want Allah or need or want anybody else's help on this dunya, right? So the way to get it, one of the ways to get it is to help the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As mentioned in the hadith in Sahih Muslim that we just took. وَمَنْ كَانَ طَرِيقَةُ الْإِحْسَانِ And whoever's way in living is ihsan, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give ihsan in the reward for that person. Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Rahman, Is it not the case that the reward of ihsan is but another ihsan? So every time you do good to people, good comes back to you and more door, doors open for you to do further good so that you can get further reward. So not only is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to help us through us doing ihsan to people, but also more doors of good will be open for us and reward is immense, immensely multiplied for us. So the next time our souls whisper to us that look, it's too difficult, you're too busy, you don't have the money, you don't have the time, uh, you're in a bad mood, you know, oh that person deserves for you to treat them in a bad manner. Strive against yourself to try to do ihsan because look at the amount of huge rewards that you are getting. You are in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is going to do for you as you do to others. In Surah Al-Qasas, in the verse, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ And do ihsan as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done ihsan to you. Imam Shawkani, he said, أَحْسِنْ إِلَىٰ إِبَادِ اللَّهِ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ بِمَا أَنْأَمَ بِهِ عَلَيْكَ مِنْ نَعْمِ الدُّنْيَا that like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you so much good and given you so much ihsan, then you should in return do ihsan to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want Allah to give you ihsan, yet you are not giving ihsan to the creation. You want Allah to be nice to you, however you're not being nice to the creation of Allah azawajal, it doesn't make sense. Be nice to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give them ihsan, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give ihsan to you in return, right? So if we want to be, if we want to receive that from Allah Azawajal, then we have to ensure that our interactions with people are full of ihsan. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says in the Quran in Surah Al-A'raf, that verily the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is close to those who are muhsinin, close to those who do ihsan. So next time you're doing something for somebody or you have the opportunity to, to do good and it's difficult for you, don't worry. Remind yourself that not only you are going to get good in return from Allah and service from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but look at this verse, you're going to get mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The mercy of Allah is close to those who do good to other people. 
So this should spur us on, right? If you truly want to be happy in life, we do good to others and the goodness comes back to us in multifold, in many ways. You speak to people that spend time in charity projects or spend time, you know, helping somebody who's sick, you see them to be the happiest of people. You see them, you see them to have the most tranquility and the most internal joy. Why is that? It's because that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the person that does ihsan to other people. Hal jaza'ul ihsani ihsan as we said, is not the reward of doing ihsan except that the person gains more ihsan. Ihsan in their soul, insan in their whole being, ihsan in their life, etc, etc. Tayyib, how does a person know that they are muhsin? How does a person know that they are somebody who has ihsan? In the hadith narrated by collected by Imam Ibn Majah and Imam Ahmad, narrated by Abdullah ibn Masudin radiallahu anhu, قال, قال Rasulullah a person said to the person, to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa How do I know, O Messenger of Allah, if I have done good or if I have done wrong? قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا سمعت جيرانك يقولون If you hear your neighbor saying about you أن قد أحسنت فقد أحسنت That you have done good, you have done إحسان Then you have done إحسان Meaning that if they are praising you whether directly to you or to other people You know sometimes when we do good somebody comes and tells us that Oh so and so was so happy that you did the act for them وَإِذَا سَمِعْتَهُمْ يَقُولُونَ قَدْ أَسَأْتَ فَقَد أَسَأْتَ And if you hear your neighbor saying that you have done evil then you have done evil. So that's one of the ways of knowing, right? You know, many a times we're in a kind of delusion. We're self-deluded often. We're so good. Oh, I'm such an amazing character. I'm always doing good to people. And we, we're, that's not our real, reality at times. The way to know your reality is to ask the people or to listen carefully to the people that you are always interacting with. How do they find you? Do they find that they can come to you? Uh, do they find that they are safe around you? They, do they like to be around you? Do they leave your gatherings uplifted and improved, their situations improved? Or is the opposite, that they, when they interact with you, all they find is negativity and harm? Ask your family members. If you truly want to know the reality of your situation, tell them, be brave and tell me what is my reality? What are my good points or what are my weak points? And if your weak points are much more than you, if your bad points are much more than your good points, then you know that you have a lot of ihsan to work on before you become a muhsin. طيب فوائد الإحسان some more benefits of إحسان number one pertaining to society at large imagine a society where every believer is racing to fulfill the needs of another believer why are they racing to do that because they want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be with them they want to be close to Allah they want the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they want the aid and the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so these people are running around in society whenever they find the opportunity Oh, so-and-so is sick? Okay, I'm going to go and cook for them. So-and-so is sick? I'm going to visit them. I'm going to take them to their appointment. So-and-so needs money? I've got the ability to help them. I help them. So-and-so needs a good word, a kind word to uplift them from their sadness? I'm going to do that for them. I'm going to take them out, give them a good time. So if the whole community was like that, imagine the type of society that we would be living in. People would be flocking to Islam if they saw this behavior from us rather than hating each other and putting each other down. However, Having said that, that we should be racing to do good for one another, we should not be those people, sadly we find them in the community, that they like to rely upon other people. They have this expectancy that everybody should be doing good to me and they themselves are not giving good back. Sadly you have people like that and they make the situation very difficult because people know that this person doesn't really need help. 
this person can help themselves if they wanted to. However, they're always asking, they're always relying on people's aid and help and charity, etc. That just spoils the situation. Rather, we want to go out and help people that truly need the help and that will increase the beauty of the society. طيب, a second benefit. المحسن يكون في معية الله عز وجل ومن كان الله معه فإنه لا يخاف بأسا ولا رهقا That the muhsin, the person who has ihsan, a do-gooder, they are with the, in the ma'iyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are in a special relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Close to the mercy and protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whoever is, is with Allah in this special way, then they don't fear any difficult situation in life. They don't fear that their life will go wrong. Rather, Allah will guide them aright and make sure that they live a righteous life. Thirdly, الإحسان في إبادة الخالق يمنع عن المعاصي. The third benefit of Ihsan is that when we have Ihsan in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it prevents us from doing wrong. It prevents us from falling into sin. How? Well, we described Ihsan pertaining to Allah, that you worship Allah to the best of your ability. You always endeavor to put Allah first in every action that you do. You always endeavor to have as much knowledge as you can regarding and relating to Allah and the rules and regulations pertaining of the Sharia. So when your mind is, doc- uh, is made in this way, and your soul is developed in this way that you always rush to do acts of worship to the best of your ability. You always race other people to do the act of worship before they do it. You always want to learn more about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You always want to spend more time with the Quran and the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You always want to be involved in the charity projects, in the da'wah projects. Then how is it going to be that shaitan is going to come to you and whisper to you very easily to fall into sin? Rather, the ones that our shaitan gets to fall into sins easily are the ones that are away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ That whoever turns away from my remembrance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then that person has a restricted life. A life not full of relaxation and enjoyment. Why? Because that person is always being influenced by shaitan. And every time they, they, they do wrong, and they harm their souls, they feel more and more tight within their chest. They don't feel that special relaxation, that special enjoyment of Iman because they are away from the remembrance and the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more that you have Ihsan in your worship, the less shaitan is able to take you to the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next benefit of Ihsan, Al-Ihsanu illa nasi sababun min asbab al-inshirah al-sadr that when you give in ihsan to the creation, to other people, then that's one of the greatest ways of you having inshirah, inshirah as-sadr, to having what is known as like an open chest, meaning you're always calm, you're always relaxed, you always have a, a, a sense of self-fulfillment, self-value, you always have that taste of sweetness of iman, even if your wealth is low, you still have that good feeling, why? Because you're helping other people. So when you help other people for the true sake of Allah not because you want reward from people, not because you want to be thanked, not because you want to be somebody who's known by the community for helping, rather you do it only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're going to find an experience of joy in your heart which no other joy can, can, can compare to. Why? Because you did all this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're helping the creation to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's an amazing thing actually. If you can wire your mind to not think about the reward and to only think about what Allah, to not think about the reward of the people and to only think of the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then nothing can hold you back from doing good. And that's the beautiful thing about ikhlas. Al-ikhlas, Allah tatlubu shahidan ala amlika ghayrullah. 
Ikhlas, sincerity, is that you don't seek for a witness to your action other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nobody to reward, reward you for your action other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if that is your situation you're going to be going forth and doing good whether people thank you or they don't thank you whether people try and get in your way or they don't try and get in your way right because some of us sadly we only do good when people thank us we only do good when we know that there's a benefit in it for us no the true muhsin the true person that spreads ihsan and that experiences the joy in their life they do it only because they are going to be ple uh, rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also a fifth one that we'll end with from the benefits of Al-Hasan is Hasid wal wal bil ihsan ilayhi that the ones who are trying to do the ones who are jealous about you, right? They have jealousy towards you, the ones that have hatred towards you, the ones that try to harm you. When you do ihsan to them, when you repel what they're doing with ihsan, they're bringing evil to you, but you only bring back ihsan towards them. So as I said that all these things Whenever they try to bring harm to you You repel it with that which is better in your actions What happens then? You fall under the verse in where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Verily the evil deed and the good deed can never be equal Repel that which is evil with that which is better so in that situation, when you're always repelling the evil with that which is better, then you will find that this person who had enmity towards you will soon end up being a very close friend of yours. And the people who act in this way, they cannot do it unless they have patience. And the people cannot do it, behave in this manner, unless they have a huge amount of patience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in Surah Al-Fusilat So every time people do harm towards us, if they're jealous of us, they try to harm us with their speech and their actions To the best of our ability, we should repel with good actions The only time we are strong and put them under our fists, so to speak, is in the time of jihad when we make jihad, that is when we are strong and that is when we are fearless and that is when we don't show mercy until we win the battle on the battlefield but in terms of living societies and dealing with people that are harming us we deal with them in the best of manners as much as possible until it becomes physical harm then you're allowed to defend yourself we shouldn't walk around being meek and weak no, you can defend yourself but it should, you should always try your best that it never gets to that situation you always try your best to repel evil with good speech and good actions and by doing so more than often more than often you will find that you have melted the heart of the person if they had an ounce an atom's ounce of an sorry an atom's weight of good in their hearts whether they're muslim or non-muslim then they will change their behavior towards you right and so this is the way to go and not for us to be repelling with that with repelling with evil Taib, one or two examples of ihsan from the prophet before we conclude Ihsan pertaining to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In the hadith which is collected by Bukhari and Muslim is muttafaqun alayhi Ummul mu'mineen Aisha radiyallahu anha The mother of the believers Aisha radiyallahu anha She said about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Kana yiqumu min al-layl hatta tatafattara qadamahu That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would stand up in the night prayer Until his feet would start to crack and become swollen Due to the length of the prayer of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the night prayer so Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, Ya Rasulullah, lima tasna'hada? O Messenger of Allah, why are you doing this to yourself? 
you know, your feet are swelling, your feet are cracking. Why are you doing this? وَقَدْ غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَرَ Knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven for you any past mistakes or any future mistakes. So the Prophet sallallahu said these words that should be written in gold. He said, أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا should I not then in that situation be a grateful slave to Allah who has forgiven my past sins and forgiven my future mistakes? Meaning that if Allah has done this ihsan to me, shouldn't I return the ihsan to Allah by exerting the, the most effort that I can do in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The next narration, narration of Anas ibn Malik in Al-Adaw al-Mufrad, that the Prophet sallallahu he used to mix with the youngsters, right? He used to mix with the youth. Anas ibn Malik, he said, I used to have a, 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 a I used to have a young brother called Umair. And this Umair used to have a sparrow, a little bird that he would play with Umair, this boy. One day the Prophet ﷺ heard that this boy's sparrow had died. What did the Prophet ﷺ do? Did he laugh? The Prophet ﷺ went to him and he said, Ya Aba Umair. He gave him a kunya, he called him Ya Aba Umair. What has the small bird done? Meaning that Prophet Sallallahu is striking up conversation with this boy, talking to him about his little sparrow that passed away, that died. So here the Prophet Sallallahu the leader of the community, the, the statesman, the warrior, the one that has so much taking place, he found time to go to this youngster and to deal with the situation that the youngster was dealing with, which was the death of his sparrow, the death of his small bird, and showed Ihsan to this young boy in the most beautiful of ways, so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to embody some of the traits that the Prophet had with regards to Ihsan, worshipping Allah to the best of our ability and exerting as much effort as we possibly can in seeking knowledge and worshipping Allah and then exerting as much effort as we possibly can in terms of interacting with people that are close to us, our relatives, interacting with people that we see on the streets, our friends or anybody that we may come across leaving a positive vibe after we have interacted with them leaving them to be interested in knowing more about Islam because they want to emulate the, the positive energy that we have this is how we're supposed to be if there was anything which was correct it was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any mistakes and shortcomings were from myself and shaitan and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in knowledge and to increase us in practice of that knowledge. And I mean, if you have any questions, then feel free, inshallah.